to the Love Your Bod Pod. I am your host. I am Carol Corinne Safeli. I am a certified holistic health coach and I'm in training to become a breathwork facilitator. On this podcast, we talk all about how to heal your relationship with food, find confidence in your skin, and live a life you truly love. This episode is brought to you by Food Body Soul, the membership. Food Body Soul, the membership is my absolute favorite place. It's a group coaching program and sisterhood for those looking to heal their relationship with food feel confident in their skin, and cultivate a deeper connection to themselves. It really is my favorite place ever. The guidance and support that everyone inside shows each other is incredible and so healing. I just love, love, love the the camaraderie and the community that exists. And when you are on the same journey as others, like knowing you're not alone, there is truly nothing like it. I really like the phrase a rising tide lifts all ships and food body soul is a very safe place to work on food freedom and body liberation fbs is where you learn tools and strategies that i do not share anywhere else the month of june inside food body soul is all about how to take care of your health without dieting without restriction without good food bad food lists it's where you're incorporating intuitive eating and body wisdom it's one of my most favorite topics to teach so if you are wanting to really truly live life in alignment with your health values come join us for june inside food body soul the membership you can join the wait list at foodbodysoul.co you again that's foodbodysoul.co to learn more so pumped loving food body soul would love to have you in there today on the podcast we have an incredible freaking guest i loved 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 this conversation i was giggling so much and there's just so much wisdom in it victoria wellsby is who we are chatting with and she is a world leading expert on body image and confidence she's a tedx speaker and best-selling author she went from being homeless abused with self-esteem that was achingly low into the courageous fat activist and change maker she is today victoria helps people fall in love with themselves and is dedicating to shifting the way society views fat bodies she is such a change maker like she said in her bio i think she is hilarious and poised and intelligent and truly uh, she's known as the Fierce Fatty Online, and she is one fierce woman. So without further ado, let's get into the to today's interview with the incredible Victoria Wellsby. Welcome, Victoria, to the Love Your Bod Pod. I'm so stoked to have you here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This conversation is going to be really juicy. I love I love, a, I love a big juice, lots of juice. Yeah. <laughs> so... For people who aren't familiar with you, who don't know who you are, can you just give us a little bit of a background? Tell us a little bit about your relationship with food and your body growing up. You're, you're known as the fierce fatty online. So essentially, how did you get there? How did you get to this place? Yeah, so I didn't start out as fierce fatty. It was more like meek and mild, chubby, sad. <laughs> That's where I, uh, I started out. So um, I, as a kid, had a very complicated relationship with food. Um, my The lessons that I learned in my family was that fat is bad, that eating too much food is bad, um, and that I was greedy because I desired food, but also um, because we 
lived in poverty, we had a lack of food. And so that la literal, literal lack of food on top of feeling like I shouldn't eat food because if I did, I was greedy, made me desire food in a big way obviously now I'm like obviously at the time I was like what's wrong with me why do I want to eat food it's bad um and because I had a, a bigger body I, I you know I yeah I was had a had a bigger body as a kid uh and the rest of my family doesn't really I was like well I am a beast like out of control I'm awful, look at this horrible body, being fat is disgusting, and society just um, reinforce those messages. And so for most of my life, that's what I believed. And I did everything I could to try and become straight-sized and um, was successful temporarily. And then when I put weight back on, I was like, look at me, I'm such a loser. See, I'm so out of control, I can't, you know, stop eating food for more than a second and um, yeah so eventually after many many years of that and many years of my low self-esteem leading me into situations which weren't um, good for me for example being homeless at 17 or uh, being in an abusive relationship or having shitty jobs all that type of stuff um, I just thought I deserved it like being homeless well does someone like me just you know is it a big deal that I'm homeless and uh, I've got an abusive partner is it a big deal you know because I am so ugly I'm lucky to have a boyfriend uh, and eventually I got to a place where I thought I need to change this needs to I need to there's something wrong with the way that I view myself and I started working on that and eventually I discovered fat positivity and I was like shut the fuck up why has no one told me about this that it's okay to be fat like what the heck why is this a secret everyone needs to know and obviously it wasn't a secret but I had never just you know discovered it and that was the beginning of me turning into fierce fatty mm. so I'm curious if thank you for sharing all of that it sounds like you've experienced so much um trauma hardship in your life I'm curious if when you had those moments of starting to realize that you wanted to change or that you needed to change the way that you were relating to yourself, was that sort of like an intuitive knowing? Was it a conversation, a series of conversations? Like, I'm curious what resulted in, okay, this, I want to pivot. I want to change. Yeah. So the catalyst was actually finding that the man that I was with, the man that I thought I was going to marry had three other girlfriends. And I was the one, yes, I was the one that busted him. So I was with this guy. He was just, oh, a dream. Everything you could want in a partner and he was amazing. And uh, we had a long distance relationship. And one day I was on his laptop and I discovered something that made me go, what is this? And it turned out it was a message from one of his girlfriends. I reached out to her, said, hey, do you know this guy? She said, yeah, he's my boyfriend. I said, well, he's my boyfriend too. And then we met the same day, like an hour later. And then we found another and another. The third, the fourth one didn't believe us. Me, me and the other two, we all got together and, um, you know, we, we became friends. Obviously, we all got rid of him. But 
I looked at these other women and they were smart and funny and quirky and gorgeous and just really cool people. And then I looked at myself and I was like, why the hell is he with me? Because I'm fat and ugly and yeah, maybe I've got an okay personality, but really the way I look like, hmm. and I always thought that, that people were being charitable by being with me. They were just so kind. And I realized that um, he wasn't with me because he was kind. He was a dickhead. Like he had like 50,000 other girlfriends. He was with me because he too thought that I was, you know, like these other people, he had a type. And I realized that, okay, they, I can objectively see that these people are, are wonderful people. Why can't I think like that about myself? Mm. And so that was the kind of the, the catalyst for me to start thinking, maybe there's not something wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with the way that I'm viewing myself. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Like that. It's, it's beautiful that you got to that place and that you're able to yeah. have that not beautiful that you were dating a man with. <laughs> <laughs> several other ladies <laughs> well it's a it's a story I'm like oh at the time it wasn't that fun but at the time now I'm like well that was an interesting story <laughs> yeah that is interesting um so I actually discovered you through your TED talk it's called I am fat how to be confident and love your body at any size and it sounds like this is a part of that that story of getting to that place so many people who are listening I am assuming really relate to you and relate to your history and how you used to feel about yourself, you know, struggling to believe that they're worthy or deserving to be confident because, because they look a certain way or worthy to be treated fairly. What wisdom can you share with them about how you got to this place? And, you know, what, what could you say to somebody who's maybe in the place where you used to be? Yeah. So, um, the idea that your body isn't okay is a belief. It's not fact. Uh, there's no empirical evidence to say, yep, your body is bad, or yep, you are bad, or you are greedy, or you are whatever negative thought that you have. So it's a belief, which is amazing, because that means it's possible for you to change your beliefs into something that is more helpful for you. Now, um, if you're at a place where you don't think that your body is okay, to get to the place where it's like, where you feel like, I'm amazing. Oh my God. Have you seen this? It's pretty difficult, but it can be done. And so you need to work on changing those beliefs. And the way that um, we do that is changing the information that our brain is getting. And that means that, you know, when you're in this, this kind of diet land and not thinking you're good enough, a lot of times people are watching a lot of TV shows with straight sized bodies. Um, they're consuming a lot of uh, social media with these images. They're around people who are dieting. Their whole life is just reinforcing those messages. And so getting the good stuff into your brain, like listening to this podcast, is going to slowly help change your beliefs so that you realize that your body's maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not absolutely disgusting. And then maybe one day you can get to a place where you're like, you know what, this body is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, unfollowing people on uh, social media is a big one. Following a wider variety of people is a huge one. 100%. Any other things that really helped you in getting confident and owning yourself and owning your body? aside from shifting the information which supported you in changing those beliefs? 
Yeah, um, setting boundaries. I, I love me a nice juicy boundary. Um, and before I was like, boundaries, fuck no. I'm never telling someone the way that I feel. I'm just gonna keep it inside and secretly hate them. Um, but when uh, I learned how to set boundaries and realized that the, the power of boundaries, I was able to protect my mental health. And so when people around me started saying, oh, I need to lose weight or, oh, I need to go on a diet and, oh, I shouldn't eat this because it has 12 calories or whatever, I was able to do stuff to protect myself, um, either, you know, remove that person from my life or, or um, set a, a beautiful boundary with them or, or whatever it could look like. Um, and that in turn made me feel so much more confident because I realized that people love me and respect me. And, and if I voice what I need, uh, people are not gonna be like, fuck you, I'm not gonna do this thing. You know, sometimes that, that might happen, but very, very rarely. Most, more, more likely people are gonna say, yeah, of course, you know, I'm gonna, you know, try and help you out with this, this task that you have of trying to love your body. And uh, it makes you realize that, yeah, you're loved and you have power and people are not going to just run away from you when you say, this is what I need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Boundaries is a big one for sure. Mm. What if someone doesn't respect your boundaries, then what do you do? What would you do? Yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated, right? So, um, there's something that I teach. I have a, a mini e-course called boundary boss, and there's something that I teach in there and, um, is, is what to do when that happens and assessing whether if it's safe to set a boundary. So you, it might not be safe to set a boundary. Say, uh, you know, your boss is uh, behaving in a certain way. It might not be safe for you to do that. Or maybe you're in an abusive relationship and that might not be safe. Or maybe the person you're setting a boundary with financially supports you. And so it's complicated. Um, but for me, because um, I don't have a boss, because I work for myself, yay. Uh, I, uh, I don't have, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm very privileged that I have um, relationships that uh, feel good for me. And so if someone uh, does violate a boundary, then uh, first I will just remind them and it's not that big a deal, you know, but like, oh, hey, remember when I said about this? And they'll probably be like, oh yeah, shit, sorry. And um, they probably might slip up again. And you say, oh yeah, hey, remember about that? Oh yeah, oops, sorry. Um, but then if someone is constantly violating your boundaries and it's kind of like, hey, remember when I told you this for the 50,000th time, then you have to then uh, decide what you're gonna do with that information. So either remove that person from your life. And I've done that with, with many people, unfortunately, who couldn't respect boundaries or limit my exposure to them. Say if I don't have a choice, say if they're a colleague, uh, I maybe not won't have lunch with them. Uh, or I, um, yes, I'll limit my exposure. I'll just, I'll just decide like, is this a deal breaker for me? And if they can't respect my boundaries, yeah, it's pretty much a deal breaker for me. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That was very well said and, and um, very succinct and articulate. So in, I wanna go back to your TED talk cause I, I've, I've loved it. I've watched it a gazillion times. Um, something you do in your TED talk is you own being fat. And for a lot of people that's really uncomfortable. I think fat can feel like an insult. It can feel um, like an attack. It can just feel, you know, like 
something that people don't, they're not comfortable with that word or that idea. So what has been the impact of you owning your body size and using fat as a neutral descriptor, which is what you, you know, you're on stage and you're like, fat is the word, the neutral word I use to describe my body. Um, you know, what's been the impact of that? Why do you encourage people to embrace that? You literally said the exact line from my TEDx talk. Like, <laughs> how many times have you watched it? You're creepy. I'm 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 in stalker mode right now. I'm just fangirling. I'm a fangirl for sure. Uh, yeah. So um, you're absolutely right. That word fat is so powerful. Before I reclaimed that word, if someone used that word and if they used it describing my body, I would be devastated because I was doing everything possible to not be seen as fat because the way that I just, I understood what fat meant, fat meant unattractive, lazy, greedy, uh, um, slovenly, um, undesirable, like nothing good was what I thought fat was. And, um, and society has made us, uh, equate that word with those things you know uh even now when i describe myself as fat some people who don't know me they'll be like you're not fat you're beautiful and i'm like pretty sure i'm both thank you very much um, because they think that i'm saying i'm so ugly i'm so horrible blah 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 but what i'm saying is that i have um i have a larger body i have a bigger body um, it's the same way I say I have uh, green eyes or I have currently bl dyed blonde hair with really shitty roots. Um, and um, so reclaiming that word and realizing actually I am buying into the idea that it's bad to be fat. What if I bought into the idea that it's okay to be fat, that it's just a normal way of being as a human being, the same way as if you're tall or short or whatever. Um, and I took that power away by claiming that word for myself. And so now it means like all the meaning has gone from the word. And so if someone says to me, you're fat, before that would be a dagger in my heart. And I'd be like, oh my God, that's the worst thing anyone could ever say to me. Now, if someone says, to, says that to me, I'm just like, yep, congratulations. You have um, perceived my body and you've got it right. I am fat, good job. You know, it's like if someone said, well, look at you, you've got ears. Well, yeah, it, <laughs> yep, I do, you know. And so there's no power behind it because I've reclaimed it and it's just a part of who I am. Uh, but recognizing that it is so difficult for people who haven't got to that that point mm -hmm. um, because they believe that being fat is all of those things we mentioned before. Mm. Is there any other thing that has helped you in that process of getting to this place? Like, you know, was it like relentless conviction? Was it repeating affirmations? Was it just really, you know, engaging yourself in a lot of that fat positivity and, and a lot of resources? Or was there something that really helped you in your process of getting to this place of seeing it as a neutral word, as opposed to being that like dagger to the heart? Yeah. So it was a lot of educating myself about why uh, using um, that word is important versus using euphemisms like uh, fluffy or um, chunky or even plus size. Uh, because what the, the euf euphemisms are saying is that 
like oh we, we don't really want to say it because it's impolite and you know we want to we want to make this thing which is so horrible more palatable but the thing that's so horrible isn't so horrible and educating myself on um yeah fat activism and all of that type of stuff to realize that uh the word the definition of the word i had got it wrong and mm. i'm making a new definition not i'm making a new definition i'm just you know taking the actual definition of what it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i would love to track back to what you had said before when people will say you're not fat you're beautiful can you sort of dissect that statement and break down perhaps why uh, it's triggering or problematic or continuing to perpetuate this lie that you know being fat is this this dagger, this insult. Yeah. So when someone says, don't say you're fat, that's not very nice. You're not, you're, you're not, um, you're not fat. You're beautiful. What I hear is uh, they have major bias against fat bodies that um, the opposite of fat is beautiful. So you're not fat, you're beautiful. And so they think that fat is ugly or unattractive or bad in some way and it's not and so um when someone says that to me i just know that they 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 know that i'm fat they can see it but they 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 want to just brush it under the carpet being like no you're not don't say that because i see you as a good person like you're not one of those bad fat people who we don't like you're one of the good fat people and you're beautiful and so um i need to tell you that to make me feel more comfortable because i can't sit listening to someone say that they are unattractive which is what they hear when they hear that word fat so it's it's about kind of their comfort and also upholding their biased attitudes towards fat people. Mm. Beautifully said. Yeah, I really get that it is about uh, their comfort level and and uh, their biases. So what does it mean to be fat positive? Yeah, it's just being fat positive just means that um, you think it's okay to be fat, that you can see fat people and be like, wow, they're people, they're human beings, uh, that you can see fat people and, and think, they're probably pretty cool or not. Uh, Basically being fat positive is wanting um, equal rights for fat people, for fat fat bodies um, and not judging a a person on their size, judging them for their character. So yeah, just thinking fat people are people, which is very strange, but it's true. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about dieting. Uh, you also, again, going back to your TED talk, you mentioned that we have this belief um, that we're going to go on our next our next diet and that that day one exhilaration, that this one's going to be the one, it's going to be different. I'm going to transform my whole life. What can you tell us about the promises of diets and the lies of diets and what leaving behind dieting has, has done for you? Mm, yeah. That those the promises and the lies of diets are intoxicating. Um, when I a few years ago I moved out of um, I moved I moved house, and I was going through old stuff and I found this card that I had taken with me from the UK to Canada and had kept with me for years and I just found and I found it 
And this card was a card from Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers. It's a, it's a card that I bought, you know, something that they would sell during the Weight Watchers meeting. Meeting, and it was an illustration of a woman standing on um, scales and is taking a photograph of the number on the scales. And the text said, "It's important um, to document all of life's great moments." And at the time I was like, oh man, that shit is so funny because it is a great moment in life when you weigh a certain amount. And then when I saw it again, um, a few years ago with fat positive lens, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Great moments, what you weigh and you're taking a photograph of it. I like, I know it's meant to be a joke, but that's fucked up, you know? But at the time I could, I, I probably, if I had, like at the time, I probably didn't have a camera phone, but I could imagine taking pictures of the scale at a number that I was pleased with, you know, and, and documenting that. And obviously I did document my weight anyway. And thinking that that was, um, that was what life was. But then when I was my thinnest, I was so fucking miserable. I was so hungry. I was so deep in disordered eating. Um, I was tired. All I could think about was what I could eat, how much I needed to exercise. If my boyfriend fancied me more because I had lost X amount of pounds. Um, if my boss was like, oh my God, you're such a good employee now that you've lost X amount of pounds. And I was so boring to be around. All I'd ever talk about was food and because obviously I was starving and to my friends like if they eat something I'd be like oh, did you know that if you ate that one instead it has like two calories less so you might as well eat that other one because it's less calorific like I'm surprised I had any friends left because I was so obsessed and and disordered uh and so all of this you know running through fields you know all of that you know, your life is going to be great and money's going to rain down from the sky and Brad Pitt's probably going to be blowing up your phone when you get down to a certain way and all of this shit, like, it didn't materialize. I didn't become more confident. I didn't feel more sexy. Um, yes, I was, I was proud of myself and um, thought that I'd done a good thing, but that was so temporary because, as we know, our bodies will do everything it can, it can to um, put weight back on. And so then all of that good feelings that I had, even though there were tiny little bits of good feelings, were just put into reverse really quickly when I put weight back on. And then I just felt like a piece of shit when I put weight back on and, and people would be like, oh, you put weight back on. I'd be like, I know. And it was like I'd committed a crime and I should be deeply ashamed of myself. Um, and so diets promised me that I would be confident and happy and um, I'd be strutting down the street in, you know, like, like a model on a catwalk in, in six inch heels because I'd be like so confident and like mini skirts and shit like that. And the, it's fine if you want to wear that, but I imagined like this is my reality is I'm going to be like this, I'm going to be a model. Um, <laughs> and uh, that didn't happen. It just made me really sad and Re deepened disordered eating for me yeah mm -hmm. yeah for somebody who's uh in this process of of dieting and they're in like a weight suppressive stage so they are on that thinner point um 
and starting to gain back the weight. And so those, maybe the compliments are going away or the comments about your body changing are happening. What would you maybe say to them to, to support them in continuing to maybe choose recovery or work towards recovery or to feed themselves, not resort back to the dieting and the restriction? Yeah. Oh, I just want to give them a big hug and be like, you're doing it. Oh my God. What they, what they are doing and what, what anyone who's done is so fucking brave. It's so difficult. Um, and it's so important as well. Uh, that having your body change and it being, and seeing it as a good thing because you, you were recovering and you were unlearning um, all of this toxic, uh, inappropriate stuff. It's very difficult because uh, your greatest fear is happening. You know, the thing that, that we all are scared of becoming bigger and putting on weight is happening. And to give yourself grace, just hardcore grace, uh, self-love, um, don't expect much of yourself in regards to, you know, tearing up life and being, you know, doing amazing things because this thing is already so amazing and so big and expect that you are going to be like, oh, I feel, I feel bad that I, I don't want to be fat. That's normal. Um, and to have thoughts of, well, if I just, you know, stopped eating this and if I just, you know, increase my exercise, then I wouldn't, you know, I could just stop here and my weight would, I'd stay here. That's all normal. And instead of deciding to act on those things, just sitting in the, sitting in the suck and embracing the suck and know that it's temporary. Um, and each day is one step forward. And it's, a, it's like a, a, a long marathon and it may feel shit right now, but tomorrow you may feel better. So just kind of hang on and see what tomorrow brings and surround yourself with good stuff like this podcast so that you can convince your brain that it's going to be okay. And it will be, it'll be okay. Mm, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I think you're also, you and your experience and your story, I think also shows people what is possible, that it is possible for you to get to a place uh, where it isn't just the suck. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, that's one thing I thought with my life is I always um, uh, look back to is um, everything is temporary, right? Everything is temporary. And uh, one day you will feel a little bit better. And one day you might wake up and be like, do you know what? I feel fucking amazing today. I'm going to walk around like with some assless chaps on and I feel great. And then the next day you might not. And, and that's, it's all good. It's a part of the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of like dieting, uh, there's a lot of weight loss methods out there, tools, things that we can do that are prescribed to fat people, to larger body people, but then they're diagnosed as disordered eating in thin people or as eating disorders. Can you talk about, you know, weight stigma, fat phobia, and the impact on eating disorders and recovery and just what your thoughts are on that? Oh my God. Um, so fat people can be anorexic this is uh a lot of people don't know this because it's one of the only uh, mental health conditions uh that is defined by weight which is fucked up like it's a mental health uh 
uh, it's, it's mental health. And they're like, okay, well, you don't have this mental health issue because you don't weigh this amount. Like, <laughs> it's so fucked up. Anyway, so there's atypical anorexia, which is uh, anorexia for those who don't meet the weight criteria. And I'm just like eye rolling, like uh, big time. But um, fat people, if you lose weight, no matter how, people are like, that is good. That is great. And if you go to, um, so many people have told me stories about going to the doctor and being like, um, you know, I'm really struggling, struggling with food and, and the doctor just being like, well, whatever you're doing, keep it up because it's working and they have an eating disorder. And if they had come in and they had a smaller body and they had said the exact same words and said, hey, I'm struggling, um, the doctor would treat them totally differently. Uh, and even if you're, you're straight size, if you're not, you know, uh, you could come into the same problems, but when you are in a bigger body, we are actively encouraged to do anything to lose weight. And, you know, sometimes people will be like, well, make sure you're losing weight in the healthy way, but is there a healthy way to lose weight? You know, it, is, is there a healthy way to starve yourself? Um, big question mark on that. Uh, and obviously uh, we, know, we know the answers to that. Um, so it is really, really inappropriate. And so then it makes it very difficult for fat people with eating disorders, any type of eating disorder, to get the help that they so desperately need and to be believed that they're struggling with food. And so if a fat person says, you know, I'm not eating that much, people will be like, yeah, right. You know, because if you weren't eating that much, you'd be really thin. And that's just not how bodies work. Oh, I could go on about this forever, but basically it's just so fucked up. Anyone in any body size can have any type of eating disorder um, and everyone should be able to access care that they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And that, that whole narrative of like, well, if you weren't really eating much, then you should be losing weight. I, I think that that's something that like people across the size spectrum can experience of like, well, why am I not losing weight? Shouldn't I be losing weight? Like I'm, I'm eating less and I'm not exercising. And it just pushes you in to more disorder, more restriction, more harmful behaviors to make weight loss occur. And, you know, we can pretend that it's about health all day long, but it's not really about no. health at that point. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Um, okay. So this is a, a heavy topic. Uh, there's a lot to unpack, but I'd love to chat about it with you and hear, hear your opinions and your thoughts. So often you've talked about how engaging in diet culture is supporting systems of oppression and you've linked fat phobia to white supremacy, ableism, racism, etc. How can we stop buying into these systems? What can we do to opt out and to reject them? Yeah, so uh, this is this is big, and a lot of people don't realize how uh, different systems of, of oppression, how they're so uh, intertwined and so greatly linked. And and I think most people want to be good people. Most people want to be anti-racist. Most people realize that there's a lot of work that they need to do. Not everyone, obviously, because there's still lots of people who are happily bigoted um, and so when we understand about how diet culture and fat phobia stems from racism from 
ableism, from white supremacy, then when it comes up, it's a lot easier to be like, hell fucking no, I'm not buying into that because supporting that is supporting racism. And so um, to learn more about the, uh, the history of this, uh, there's a great book by Dr. Sabrina Strings, uh, Fearing the uh, Fat, Fearing the Black, Fat Black Body, Fearing the Black Fat Body, Fat, Fearing, anyway, <laughs> that's the title, you can Google it. Um, and in it, uh, you know, talking about how um, enslaved uh, people being brought across to the Americas and at the time seeing, uh, their bodies and seeing different shapes of their bodies and saying oh that is bad white people we have this body type therefore this is more superior we don't want to be like those black people who um all they care about is um food and fornication and there was another f in there so basically they are animalistic that's all they care about whereas we superior white people we're able to control ourselves and we're able to um be be better big quote unquote you know under this i don't believe this but this is what um you know people at the time and even now uh, think and obviously many years has passed since the the that that's uh that point but our our uh, desire to look white quote unquote, has not gone away because obviously racism has not gone away. And now we don't really understand how they are linked. And so it's all to do with health. Well, I, I don't wanna be thin, I just wanna be healthy. And, um, and that's super ableist as well. And so all of these other things have come in, into play as well as racism, um, healthism, you know, uh, sexism, all sorts of things. Basically, it's all just fucked up and we don't want to support it. Like there's no good that comes from this. It's not coming from a, um, a positive place. Uh, so if you remember that and you have, you're having these kind of diety thoughts or you're thinking, Ooh, I don't like my body because it looks a bit bigger. Well, those thoughts are supporting racism. And do you want to be racist? Nah, you know, Probably not. Hopefully you don't. So, yeah. Yeah, I think realizing where it came from. Um, and Sabrina Strings has actually been on the podcast. Uh, I oh. believe it's episode 88, if I remember correctly. Um, but I think realizing that it is a part of those larger systems and how it's sort of been diluted down into this like, oh, I just want to be healthy thing, but really understanding the roots and the intersectionality of it can be a really helpful tool to continue to engage in the work. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's so interesting. I don't know if you get, if you've gotten this before, this is sort of like an aside, uh, but the, I recently, this has happened more and more, the amount of times uh, of like, why do you need to bring politics into it? Or why are you talking about white supremacy when you're talking about eating disorder recovery? So it's really interesting. I mean, granted, I was completely ignorant to this a year ago as well, that there was this, this connection, you know, or two years ago. Um, but it's really interesting to have people say, well, I wish you would just keep those things out of the conversation when really like to talk about 
uh, like the thinner is better narrative to talk about fat phobia without also really talking about these systems of oppression and how they all intersect is sort of a, a conversation that's lacking uh, yeah. necessary nuance. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, and we, we can't, we cannot take the politics out of out of this because it is political, it is political and everything has so many different um, systems of, of oppression intertwined, like sewn into the sewn into the fabric of our society. It's who we are. Uh, and so if we are striving to be uh, more informed people, we need to look at what has made us and our society and all of the ingredients that have gone in there. And so many of the ingredients are fucked up things. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're like, oh, let's, we want to bake a cake. Well, if some of the cake is like racism and sexism and healthism and transphobia and all that type of stuff, you know, let's maybe not bake the cake and maybe let's look for alternative ingredients because, you know, the cake isn't that great really. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have to, we have to look at this stuff. Yeah, I think to to fully eradicate it uh, from society and to really shift the culture, we, we can't not talk about those things because they're sort of the roots that the rest of the tree has grown from, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So yeah, those those nasty trees and those nasty cakes, let's just, you know, let's redo them, make them better. Yes, yes. Um, so I'd love to know, I'm, I've been straight sized, I've been thin my whole life. Um, I'm really passionate about fat activism and fat positivity while I've never been impacted by it the same way that someone who is fat and in a larger body has, I've still been impacted it from my own internalized fat phobia, my own eating disorder. But I really want to expand the conversation and the reach of fat positivity. So I'd love to know from you, this is also a question that got asked in my Instagram stories of like what they would want us to talk about is how can thin people best support fat people? How can we be better allies? Uh, how can we help in this process? Mm, I love it. Just even asking that question just warms my heart. It just, mm. oh, it just makes me so happy. Um, there are, are lots of different things that you can do. And the first thing is to recognize that you have um, privilege in the fact that when you speak about this stuff, you are believed versus if a fat person speaks about, hey, diets don't work, um, fat phobia is a thing, then more often than not, people are like, well, you're just saying that because you're fat and you can't lose weight. Whereas if someone who is straight size says it, then others listen. So you have so much power to be able to change things for fat people and in turn for, for everyone, for straight sized people too. And so just by putting into conversations with people, um, like with your friends, if they say something fat phobic, if it's like, oh, I should really lose weight because I don't wanna be fat, just challenging them and saying, why? What's wrong with being fat? Um, if there's kind of wellness programs at work of, you know, hey, let's everyone uh, lose loads of weight and, you know, do this stuff, um, emailing HR and saying, hey, this is not appropriate and this is why it's not appropriate. Um, 
it's those, those little things that you can do which will change the world. Uh, it's using language like the word fat, bigger bodied, larger bodied. And when people say, don't say that, that's rude, saying, well, actually, it's not because it's okay to be fat and fat is a neutral descriptor. Uh, so it, it's being an advocate for fat people when even when there's no fat people around. And if I, if I was in the presence of a, of a straight sized person and, and they shut down some fat phobia, I would fall in love with them and force them to be my best friend forever. Like it's so fucking badass. Like I would just do a shit on the spot from excitement. Like it's really cool. So if you can do even one little thing like that, like it's, it's well, it's well changing really. It is. Mm. That is really interesting about what you had said about being a, a thin person. People are more likely to believe you that you don't have some personal vendetta or you're just making some excuse about why diets didn't work for you. I remember in Abigail Segui's book, she's a professor here at UCLA. Uh, her book's called What's Wrong With Fat. She literally like says that in the very beginning of the book. People are like, why are you talking about this? Why are you, you know, um, why is this an area of study you want to explore? And she says, I know that people are more likely to listen to me because I'm a thin person. And you're right there with that privilege. Yeah. And also recognizing that it's totally fucked up that, um, you know, fat people are not listened to and that we have, we have to have allies that speak on our behalf because, um, you know, we wouldn't make as much progress if we didn't. And I think it's a big reason why um, uh, uh, Dr. Lindo Bacon's uh, Health Every Size really uh, took off um, with them being straight-sized. It's, it it's a lot more palatable for people um, even for me, when I first got into it and, and read Health at Every Size, and I'm like, well, okay, Lindo is straight size, therefore it's okay. Whereas I don't know if it was written by a fat person, if I would have read it or taken it seriously, when, even me as a fat person at that time. Mm, mm, yeah, I mean, thank you for sharing that and being so like upfront about it, um, but it's real. And I think if, if having it be more palatable is what gets people's foot in the door, or is what allows them to be more open-minded it's kind of like okay got it like so be it you know yeah yeah you know exactly. if, if that's what needs to happen then then okay that's what we're working with you know yeah yeah exactly so love me some some straight size allies come on <laughs> in we love you yeah um so i'd love to ask you one question separate from what we've been talking about today but what are you most excited about in life right now what I'm most excited about is um, today, actually, uh, after this interview, I'm going to go to my new apartment uh, that I'm moving into and hopefully the internet has been turned on. And so I'll be living in uh, a, a really cool, busy place and it's gonna be lots of fun. So that is what I'm most excited about. And tonight, um, my dog has been, uh, has been away for the last month and he's coming back and he's going to, there's going to be a new apartment and I'm going to like hide somewhere and see if he can find me. And I'm just so, I'm so excited about it and oh, I'm going to film it. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Congrats on the new, on the new pad. The new house is awesome. Yeah. Um, so Victoria, this has been fantastic. I've loved getting to chat with you. Um, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. Where can people find you if they want to learn more? Obviously, I'll link to your TED Talk, obviously. Um, but what are you working on? If people want to learn more from you, work with you, where should they go? 
Yeah, so you can find me everywhere as Fierce Fatty. My website's Fierce Fatty. I have a book called Fierce Fatty. My podcast is called Fierce Fatty. Um, and I have free resources on my website. One that I think could be very helpful is called the uh, Fierce Fatty Body Love Roadmap. It's the very first thing when you go on the website that you'll see. And it gives you that um, how to get from A to B, how to get from meek and mild to courageous and confident um, and loving your body. And even if you're not fat, it's, you know, the same stuff applies to. So that's free. Go check it out on my website. Awesome. We'll leave all the links to that. Thank you, Victoria, for being here. Thank you. It's been amazing. Hold up. Wait a minute before you go. Was this episode helpful? If it was, one of the most helpful things you can do in return is to leave a ratings and review on iTunes or to share this podcast with a friend or in your Instagram stories. If you do, be sure to tag Victoria and I. I know we would be so grateful to know that you were loving and listening to this episode and got so much value out of it. And as always, thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening to the Love Your Bod Pod. I'll see you guys all next week. Thank you.